Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Okay, here we are on overtime. Okay, John, the title of your book is The Big Lie, a line that Trump parroted and Republicans have perpetuated. How does our nation overcome this? Is it even possible? Well, certainly it is very much still with us. The Big Lie didn't begin or end on January 6th. Donald Trump planted the seeds years before. He spent years hijacking the Republican Party, uh, the conservative media with lie after lie, getting them to believe the big one, uh, which is about his false claims election fraud. But we're still seeing it now. We've seen states use it. Uh, as a Republican-controlled le- state legislatures use it to restrict access to the ballot in more than a dozen states. Uh, we have seen candidates right now for the midterms not just saying that they want to still overturn the 2020 election nearly two years out, uh, but won't commit to conceding if they were to be defeated this fall. It is a litmus test for the Republican Party. And we're also seeing the negative impact in the polls. More and more Democrats also feel they can't necessarily trust election results. Uh, it is going to be the defining one of the defining issues for our democracy these next this cycle through 2024 and beyond being able to restore the american people's faith in the government that not just they have the ability to vote but their vote will be counted correctly and that the actual winner is installed in the power and it is going to take it is going to take education and it is going to take people from both parties speaking out against it and we're seeing very little of that certainly from the republican side right now so, so look i you know had a chapter in my book dedicated to this. I don't, I don't disagree with the premises of your book. I, I will tell you that it must seem that Stacey Abrams is a bit of a Republican. She's somebody who's running for executive office, top office in Georgia for the governor's mansion, who has not yet conceded the last race, who claimed that that race was stolen from her by Brian Kemp, allegedly one of the same people who stole the race from Donald Trump. Yeah, you know, I've heard this on the show before. I gotta just call bullshit on this. It's just like... Let's, it's let's it's like... It's like... It's like... It's just such silly whataboutism. Yes, you, you, you pick out the one example on the left, yep. one example among Democrats, that is not nearly as consequential as what is going on in the entire Republican Party, including the leader of the party, Donald Trump. So, and you, that's, that's the answer, Stacey Abrams. It's a bullshit answer, man. It's a bullshit answer. It's a bullshit answer to a giant... It's a giant problem that exists almost conclusively on one side. Yeah, with all due respect, Bill, I, I will tell you, speaking as somebody who's right of center was very clear about the fact that Trump lost the election, and I was disappointed that he did not accept that result. But it does irritate me a little bit when people on the left unidirectionally point the finger at Trump without looking at... Take the Iowa election last time, all right? Nancy Pelosi refused to seat somebody, or almost refused to seat somebody who was elected out of the state of Iowa. Even if you take a lot of the narratives now, as you said, impacting the left into willingness to accept election results, I think it's really important that everyone who at least points to someone in their tribe or on the other side, points it's, to someone in their own tribe, or else we're not going to have faith I, I, in either side yes, of the electoral system. But, but more so where, where the, the two things are, are more of equal merit. I mean, this is a mouse and an elephant, you know? It, it just, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a cheap yeah. trick. I'd be curious for your view on this, which is, 
Governor, take the 2016 election, all right? What role did this play where a lot of Democrats were not willing to accept the legitimacy of the 2016 election outcome on the back of the Russia collusion narrative? What role does that play in giving legitimacy to the other side to now say they're not going to accept the election? So I think this has been a game of escalation going along for a long time. I don't think it's a one-sided issue. accept the election? Hillary came down in her purple suit... Yeah. Within she, uh, before she went to bed, before committing uh, to start the impeachment hearings on the other side, on the back of a Russia collusion narrative that the impeachment was not about to... Russia collusion. She, the the yeah. impeachment was about Ukraine. The impeachment was about the the Ukraine the, the, scandal. Right. There were certainly Democrats who were unhappy. There were Democrats who certainly were. We saw the protest, the women's march, the day after Trump's. Uh, inauguration, but Hillary Clinton can see the election the next morning. Yes, uh, there are, there were even one or two lawmakers who, on uh, January the January sixth of of twenty seventeen, uh, you know, said like, oh, we, you know, Trump. There were like two lawmakers who suggested that Trump shouldn't be seated; they might protest. And you know who shot them? Shot them down. Vice President Joe Biden, who was overseeing the Senate at that time, said, no, we're moving on. Donald Trump is elected And you know president. who shot down the other side is Mike Pence, who said, I'm certifying the results of this election. So yeah. I, I just well, think that... Yeah, there were thousands of people yeah. outside okay. trying to break into the Capitol at that right. point. Right, and, and no, one, no one is... No one is saying that there aren't millions and millions of good Republicans who are not Trumpers. Or maybe they like Trump, but they still don't think he won the election. And they said so. And yes, my, not just Mike Pence, Mitch McConnell, Bill Barr... Liz Cheney. None of these were on my favorites list, but they did the right thing. They are what I call as good as it gets Republicans. You're... <laughs> but no, I'm talking it's the liberals now. Yeah. Because before the impeachment trial, if you had went down the list of what Liz Cheney is for, I mean, she would be booed roundly by... And now, and now liberals cheer her. Because that is as good as it gets. And that's what I think everybody in this country has to understand. You're never going to get people who see this, the world the way you do. And they don't have to. But when, when push came to shove, there are Republicans who did the right thing. The argument you are making is a false equivalency. I'm it's not a making false equivalency. I'm not making equivalence, though. This is not a problem on both... A giant problem on both sides. It is a giant problem on one side. I view it through a, I view it through a beyond partisan lens, OK? At the end of the day... Well, you shouldn't, because well, I, it's a partisan I, I, issue. Well, I, I disagree with that. I respectfully disagree. I think okay. that the threats to democracy... Okay. I think the threats to democracy are plural. For, for me, I, I'll tell you where I'm coming from here. Where I'm coming from is the best, the best measure of the health of a democracy, to me, you know what it is? It is the percentage of people who feel free to say what they actually think in public. It's not the votes that are cast. That's just fetishizing the act at the end of the process. And when I look at the true threats well, to democracy, to, to free speech, to open discourse, I do not think it is a one-sided threat from the Republican Party. To the contrary, I think the threats to democracy are plural, and we have to acknowledge that, or else we're going nowhere. Well, but the votes that cast do matter because those are putting people in office who are making public policy and passing laws and nominating justice to the Supreme Court. So, I mean, I think that's more of an impact also on personal liberties than just the ability to speak out. Yes, I, and to your point about are there existential threats which both sides use, and both, by the way, both sides use the word, the phrase big lie. They the do. big lie means a completely different thing in a Trump bar. They, yes. They think it's the, the yeah, hoax. Absolutely. But, okay, I, I will agree. You know, I, I'm all the time getting castigated by people on the left because I criticize them for what I think are their excesses and their and insanity. I respect that. Let's show the picture of the lady with the big tits again. <laughs> must we? No, we must, must we? But the Judge magazine one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but on this particular issue, yep. it is something that only one side really owns. 
Let me ask you this. The 147, Michael Moore was talking about, the 147, 147 members of Congress who would not certify the election. Do you think if it was the other way around, there would have been 147 Democrats who wouldn't certify the election? I, I don't Do you think, think the Democrats would have attacked the Capitol the way the Trump people did on January 6th? So I don't think so. But I got to tell you that we also have legitimized crime in a different sense. For the last two years in this country, at the end of the day, we're talking about legitimization and victimhood is legitimization. Well, at the end of the day, I think a lot of the crime that we're seeing in cities across the country is because of democratic legitimization of breaking laws of a different kind. Now, that's not the threat to democracy it's, point, it's, but I want to come back. It's but, not, again, it's a false equivalency. Well, not, yes, I mean, is I it, again, that, is it... I think we're getting nowhere by pointing partisan fingers. I think, I think we are not moving the ball forward by well, partisanizing what is a fundamental erosion of citizens' mistrust of I'm, our institutions. I'm sorry. And that's the problem. My compass goes toward what is true. If it points toward partisanship, I have to do it. I'm not going to put it off the table if one side is doing something and the other isn't. Now, is it wrong that you can walk into a Walgreens and shoplift? Of course it is. It's not that out of the ordinary, and it's eminently fixable. And it probably will be. It's a whole different kettle of fish from democracy is hanging by a thread because a lot of people are under the impression that if they don't win, the, if they don't get the uh, most amount of votes, it doesn't matter. Right. They're right. It doesn't there matter are, who are, got the most amount of votes. Are, That's new. There are Republican candidates on the ballot, not Democratic candidates. There are Republican candidates on the ballot in a number of state official elections who have not said they would. They have not said they would certify the election results. They they that were done. That they would find the way yes. to potentially pick their favorite to be in place. That's a, that is that is you know. That's I mean, a, look, on the back of Bush issue. v. Gore, on the back of Bush v. Gore, there were Democrats who did not certify the result of that election. So I'm just saying that this is... Again, another guy who conceded. Yeah. Al I, Gore, who, who had absolutely. every reason to stick it out, and he didn't. And, 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 people, and, and people in the Senate who did not certify the result of that election. But I guess I'm making, I'm making a different point, which is that by fetishizing just the ballots that we cast at the, every November, that's just the final act of the process there's a lot more to the health of a democracy than just that. Well, it I, is about living out the democratic values, and I see the threat to those democratic values coming from left, right, center, but I think there's a deeper batter of institutions crushing the will of everyday citizens, and I think left-wing populism and right-wing populism are not as different as we'd like to make them out to be. I think this is a broader phenomenon. It's even transnational yeah. of citizens of nations feeling like their voices are not heard. That, if we see that through a partisan lens, we're missing the point. Well, all that, well we're not missing the point. Uh, all this, a lot of that is true. It has nothing to do with voting, which I don't see as a fetish. Well, voting is not a fetish. At, at the end of the day, you know, I think, I think a lot of citizens... So, so let me take a d democratic attack on the legitimacy of elections. The way, the way we're banding about the word Jim Crow, okay? At the end of the day, we're applying Jim Crow as a, as a label to asking people to show an ID but, to vote. My view is that at the end of the day, if you can Google, where do I vote, at the end of the day, it probably doesn't fit the Jim Crow label. And you know what? Georgia, more people are voting I, this year than voted before the allegedly voter-suppressive laws that were passed. Those are also described under the same banner of threats to democracy. And I think that this is a too low resolution, I mean, too sloppy of a way you're bringing up, of pointing to, to Republicans. You're bringing up a lot of things about the left, which I would agree with, where they have gone off the rails or they're making some mistake or they're excessive in one way. All this kitchen sink stuff has nothing to do with this one thing we're talking about. <laughs> Fundamental democracy, voting, guy with the most votes wins, and we have to elect, we have to respect that. It was always the jewel in our crown, peaceful transfer of power. It's the one that other countries could not manage. So many other countries had trouble with this one. How do you pass the baton? 
I mean, I feel like, I feel like the argument, I mean, we, I just wrote a book explicitly calling out Trump and saying that at the end of the day, it was Trump victimhood that failed the country. He lost the election. He should have admitted it and moved on. So I'm not trying to create some apologist here. But at the end of the day, I think that having said that, it's really important to look 360 degrees. It's a lot easier to point it is, to somebody else than it is to look it, in the it mirror. It is. I, again, but I think you're just conflating these two things. There's a lot of craziness on both sides. Agreed. There's a lot of, I, I say it all the time, I would never vote for Trump. I understand why some people do. I understand why people look at a lot of the craziness that goes on on the left and go, you know, I can't let those people take over this country because I have kids. And, you know, what my, what my kids are having to see every day in school or whatever they're coming home and telling, talking people about and, you know, men are pregnant now and, you know, just stuff that drives people w- has nothing to do with what we're talking about on this one area of voting and democracy. I agree. The left is nuts too, but on this one area... They're not the guilty ones. They're not the guilty ones, and it's much more important. Much more important. There has been one president. Yes. There has been one president who did not try to adhere to the peaceful transfer of power. Yes. One president. One. That's Donald Trump. And one party that is behind him. Is still behind him. He is still, right now, even despite the swirl of investigations and the legal jeopardy he is in, he is still the overwhelming favorite to be the Republican nominee for president. Yes, and he will be, and he will probably lose again, and it won't matter, because... In 2025, he's going to show up on January 20th to be inaugurated. Whether he won that election or not, he is showing up. He's got his suit picked out. So the tie? I think... The red tie? What do you think? The red tie? Yeah, I think think he's going to go with the red tie. So, so so look, I mean, I think that in, in... What I worry about is each party up in the ante. So in 2016, you had a party in power that used police force to attempt to place... A mole in the campaign of the opposition party. <laughs> oh, this is now, now. Now, now, if you go now, to 2024, I, I, now you have a president in, in office that's declaring his enemies at the end of the day domestic terrorists using police power to ultimately silence political opposition. You think when the tables turn, that isn't going to escalate in the other direction? You're going to see Democrats upset about it when that when that's going to happen. I think it's quite likely to happen that we continue to play this game of escalation unless we see this through a lens I, that these are the rules of the road. It's not a partisan thing. It's a rules of the road question. You don't what? use power to silence the opposition party, period. To me, that's the real threat to democracy. I think, th- okay. look, the I'm, White House is, is, is critiquing... <laughs> you can always pick the raisins out of the raisin bread, but it's mostly a loaf of bread. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, we only got to one question. Try new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.